Welcome to Saltivation. The Saltivation Show is a podcast series featuring the leading voices in salt, where we talk about the issues and strategies to help you make sense of state and local tax. On this episode of Saltivation, we talk with Alex Oxford of Tax Valet about building a client experience by being an emotions company and what lotus flowers have to do with sales tax. Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast and speak with you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Super excited for this talk. You've built Tax Valet from scratch. What was the impetus for the company, its purpose, and what are you trying to accomplish? Yeah, oh, there's so much there. First, I would say I certainly didn't build it all from scratch. I've used the help from a lot of people, a lot of really gracious mentors, advisors, uh, vendors, and then most importantly, the Tax Valet team. The company just wouldn't be here today if it weren't for the people that have been involved from the beginning. And I've got a number on my team and on my leadership team that have been with me since the first few months and it's just been a wonderful ride and and journey ever since so i think there are a couple parts to that question the first one was what was the impetus for starting the company was that right yeah yeah i mean just being totally honest uh (laughs) life's life's messy and life gets weird right so my background was in product marketing at a sales tax software company called sovos compliance and oh, so that's I was working. What you did there. I knew you mm-hmm. were there. Okay. Yeah. So I was overseeing the product team, working with the product management, product development, and then also the sales and marketing team. And I kept running into the same problem over and over again, which is businesses were coming. They uh, wanted to get rid of all their sales tax problems, and then they would purchase the software, thinking it would magically take care of everything, and then realize they were not getting a, a, a solution that was going to take care of everything for them, right? What they needed was a construction right? crew. They didn't do the returns then years ago. Well, they were doing the returns, but there's so many questions, right? Like, where do I have Nexus? Or oh. I know where I have Nexus, I need to get permits. Or, okay, you can calculate the tax, but how do I set up my platform in order to do it? So there are all these various problems. And so okay. I was working with the leadership team saying, we've got to go find someone that we can partner with that can fill in all of these gaps. I set out for a year trying to find a partner, You know, talked with a variety of companies. Some of them you know, we both know and couldn't find anyone that could do it consistently at an affordable rate for the SMB market. So then I started trying to convince the leadership, can we create a professional services division? Because what the market really needs, what these business owners need is just to know that their problems being taken care of every aspect Mm -hmm. of it. Uh, And the software alone is just never going to do that. And we see that happen all the time with software companies sort of uh, selling the the moon and then nothing ever really happens. So uh, I was pushing and pushing and leadership was just saying like, no, we're not going to do that. And then politely an executive kind of told me like, well, if you think it's such a great idea, why don't you go start your own company? And you know, I said life's messy, you know, mm-hmm. like it is. I was sort of frustrated with that. I was also recovering from my second brain surgery. So I'm a brain cancer survivor and also a thyroid cancer survivor. So I went and changed my life up and went and ran marketing for a startup out in San Diego. Did that for a little over a year. Super fun experience that crashed and burned magnificently. And then I was out of a job. 
And I was like, well, what do I do now? So I started applying for jobs in the software space. And then I said, well, I'm also going to try to start this company because I know there's a need. And I also knew that the Wayfair case was working its way up through the courts. And if everything was happening just as planned, then I could get this business going six months before Wayfair and the timing would have been impeccable. And I told my partner at the time, if I get a client before I get a job, I'm just going to run with this business. And that's exactly what happened. And um, the rest is history, so they say. I think I missed a, another part of your question. There's so much in that in that uh, juicy first question. And so what as kind of what do you define as its core purpose of tax valet? Well, our core purpose as a company is a little bit different than I think uh, other accounting firms, other sales tax companies. I mean, we look at our purpose as a business, and certainly this is true for my own life, as transforming negative emotions. So our core purpose as a company is to transform negative emotions into something positive for our clients, our partners, and our employees. So it's really looking at all of the work we do. And this is what I tell our new employees. You know, It doesn't matter if we're doing sales tax, if we're picking up dog poop, if we're cleaning cars, whatever. Fundamentally, what drives me as a human being is transforming all of that bad stuff into good stuff, right? So if you think about yeah. a lot if you think about a lotus flower, you know, lotus flowers grow native to Thailand and they're in these lakes and you know they they uh, grow from the bottom of the lake all the way up to the top. And a lotus flower is a really good representation of what we're trying to do with tax valet because if you think about the lotus flowers growing at the bottom of the lake with all the fish poop and the mud and the gunk and it's like really <laughs> gross, nasty stuff. And then it creates this really long stem up to the top and then on top of the lake, it's this beautiful flower and it's really transforming all of that gunk into a positive experience, right? For, for humans to enjoy. And that's kind of what we're trying to do within the sales tax space. So we're looking at sales tax as being not just about the numbers. Are the numbers and returns and calculations and product taxability and audits, is all of that important? Yes, it is. However, when we're working with our clients, we understand that they are stressed out, they're anxious, they're overwhelmed, and that's the problem that we're solving. So how do we pull that into our new client onboarding, into our interactions, into all of the systems and processes that we have, into our employee training for support, so that they're constantly thinking about that? No, it's a really good, I always have thought I lead with, I don't like to lead with the negative part. I want to try to make it fun, right? And so also like what I've used thoughtfully is, you know, don't you want to do the right thing, right? You'll feel better, you'll sleep better, but you don't know how to do it, right? But if you could do it, then you would just know you had a system in place and it's as easy enough to have a new state and then you could just turn on the nexus and file, right? And just figure things out. And if you're just doing nothing though, you're just like, you don't know, you don't know. Like that's stressful too. And it is a little bit of insurance, you know, in a business, not to mention the fact that you're just supposed to do it. It's the law. But a lot of people don't know every law in America. I sure don't. I don't. <laughs> so yeah, fascinating. And that you're unique, though, as tax valet, like what's your special thing that you think has distinguished yourself in the market to other vendors? Oh. Because you've gotten a lot of traction in the last few years. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Judy. Right? Yeah, thank you. Well, so when we started the company, we were pretty typical in our approach in that we were letting the clients come to us and tell us what they wanted or needed. Oh, I want an access study. Oh, I want to get permits. Oh, I need help setting up the tax calc. And we're 
using this sort of typical approach of billable hours or, or uh, fixed rate for the individual project. But what we were noticing is that clients were wanting to uh, cut costs and skip steps and say like, oh, well, I already know where I have Nexus. Or yes. I already know what the start date is. Yes. Or, well, I just want you to do this piece, but then I'm going to save money and try to set it up myself. But as we know, yes. there are so many bits and pieces that go into this entire equation. They're not saving money. They're making it more difficult for themselves. And ultimately, it's going to come back and bite us in the butt later on when they have a problem and say, well, why didn't you warn me about this, right? And so sort of looking right. at the uh, like the same way that Bill Gates and Steve Jobs were looking at building a computer, right? So Steve Jobs' philosophy was there is a best way to do this and there's only one best way and we are in pursuit of the best way and only the best way, right? And Bill Gates was yeah. all about you know customization, flexibility, a need for one group is not necessarily going to be the need for another group. And I sort of aligned myself with the Steve Jobs approach and said, we are going to create an offering that is the best and only offering for a particular market size. So that's going to be one to $50 million a year selling e-commerce or software uh, products. And we're only, we've narrowed, we've narrowed it down and we only sell one service. There's, we believe there's only one way to do it the right way. And the right way is constantly evolving as the landscape changes, regulations changes. We just learn more about our clients, but we've got one system and one process and one market. And so that allows our marketing to be streamlined, our sales process to be streamlined, our onboarding process to be straight streamlined, yeah. our data to be streamlined. You know, everything is streamlined for this market, which really yeah. allows for scalability. So when I started the company, I said, what are what is this going to look like five years from now? You know, if we have a couple hundred clients, which we do, how is this going to work? What documentation needs to be in place? What systems need to be in place? What's the data going to look like? Because we need to make sure that we have the proper foundation today so that later on, we're not going to be in total chaos. I mean, there don't get me wrong. There's, there's a little bit of chaos in tax valet. There always has been and there always will be. But we've got a lot of really good systems. And so now we're setting our sights on when we have 1,000 clients or 2,000 clients, what's the infrastructure that we're going to need then? Because if we don't think about it now, we're never going to have it. Right. No, it's tough. It's tough to rip and replace. It's tough to build, scale, all challenging. Yeah. Fascinating. But then also your focus on e-commerce and SaaS or software, yeah. right? That's a, I mean, there's manufacturers, there's airlines, there's, I mean, hospitality, you know, there's traditional retail with e-commerce, right? So it's, you know, or you've got plumbing, HVAC, there's a lot of businesses that need tax help, right? You're like, I can't do those. I need to focus on that. And there's a lot there. Well, <laughs> So well, fine. there's a lot there, Judy, and the sky really is the limit. And so we talked about the core purpose, but I want to share what our BHAG is. Uh, that's big, hairy, audacious goal or big, hairy-ass goal, right? Yeah. So when we look out you know, 20, 30, 40 years into the future, what is Tax Valley really up to? What are we about? So our big, hairy, audacious goal is to completely eliminate the hassle and stress of businesses dealing with tax worldwide. And so right now, we're focused on sales tax for the e-commerce software industry within the United States. However, 
you can imagine decades into the future, we're talking about sales tax, we're talking about income tax, property tax, transfer pricing, VAT. And so one of the, the one of the projects that might sleep right now for a few years in the future is how are we going to expand into VAT for EU countries, Australia, Canada, to sell to our existing client base? And then similarly, how do we expand to other verticals within the United States? Uh, you know, there are some industries I just don't want to mm-hmm. touch, like telecom, but what about excise tax for psilocybin? Yeah mushrooms in Oregon or marijuana or alcohol uh, or professional services or hotel Mm -hmm. industry or restaurants. I mean, there's just so much here. And ultimately, it's like, yeah, it's good for business, but fundamentally, it's painful for people, right? It shouldn't be this challenging to have to deal with tax. And so the Mm -hmm. bigger the pain, the more opportunity there is to transform their lives at least a little bit. Well, and I want to kind of circle back to that emotions company, because that's something that we kind of here at tax ops think about is like, oftentimes we, we kind of joke that we're like, you're, you're tax therapist, mm-hmm. right? Where yes. it's like you, when we talk to you, you're really stressed out. No one else in your company, you've been assigned something that's called like a task, right? Like you got to hear invoicing person, figure out sales tax. And I'm like, well, WTF, like, I don't understand this, <laughs> you know? And so no one in their company really kind of can empathize with them or has any idea what they're doing until they talk to us. I think that kind of transform bad stuff into good stuff, the negative emotions and that lotus flower is really kind of like a beautiful metaphor. I know. How does that like manifest in your day-to-day interactions with like the employees and the clients and all of that? Like, how do you really keep that as like your driver and make sure that that's kind of like that core piece of your business? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, uh, a couple of examples come to mind, right? So when we, for example, do a nexus analysis and we're looking at the exposure in the various states, uh, we have like a, a script that we go through where, you know, before we even show them the states and the numbers, we talk to them about, here are some common emotional reactions to have. We don't want you to panic. We're going to be walking through this, right? We're going to be talking through all the options. So we prep them before we send backfiling. So like late sales tax returns, we're going to send them a, a summary. But even before that, I think our threshold is like $1,000 or something like that. If it's over $1,000, then we include this little video that Christine, our, our head of client operations, created where she talks about the emotions of like, here is, you know, it's really common to feel overwhelmed. If you have any questions about this, if you think that anything's wrong, pick up the phone. Don't hesitate to call. We're here to support you. So those are some examples with the clients. And then we're constantly, especially with our newer employees, training them, like try to, try to, uh, tease out when a client is saying this or asking for this help, really what's going on? Because as we know, sales tax is complicated. Clients ask for one thing, but they really need something else. But then there's the emotional underpinning. However, it's important to note that just taking care of someone's emotions and doing stuff to make them feel good isn't always what they need. Sometimes they do need the hard truth and they do need to hear what's going on because that's what's going to create <laughs> real psychological right. safety for them is having the truth. Um, so those are a couple examples with uh, with clients. Yeah. You know, with employees, gosh, oh, there's there's so much there. I mean, just how we've designed our our interview process to make it lively and engaging and entertaining for for both parties. Right. How, what are you doing? I want to yeah. be interviewed. Oh, I want to oh know. Oh my what gosh. You're doing. I mean, I our interview process. 
I'm scared I may not oh, pass. Well, you know, it's uh, it's funny. We we looked at we looked at the <laughs> metrics and we were like, wow, our interview process is more selective than Harvard, Stanford, MIT. I mean, just like any of the top universities in the country, just based on how many applicants we get. But our interview process, we've got a skills assessment. Uh, we look at a whole variety of uh, personality uh, traits, and we have a behavioral psychologist that we have on the team that every single candidate meets with as part of the interview process. We have just two rounds of interviews, uh, but we're digging deep into their psychology and how are they thinking about things? We're looking at what are their core values as a person? Are they aligned with us? Are they BSing us? What are some? How would they uh, handle these tricky sales tax ethical dilemmas when there's no real right answer? And what would you say and what would you not say? So that's a little bit about the hiring, but you know, every single week for every single team, we have a weekly team meeting and we have various scorecard metrics where we're just looking at like the raw facts of like what's being delivered what's the output but before we get into that we ask everyone to rate on a scale of one to ten how are you feeling and why so are you a seven this week are you a three are you a ten is there something great that's happening in in your life that we can help celebrate uh, with you over uh, is there something going on in your work life or in your personal life? How can we provide support for you? I mean, geez, we, we kind of get into a lot more as a business in our employees' personal lives than I think most people would expect. You know, like, oh, oh my gosh, uh, if there's something crazy going on in your life, we know that if we're there to support you, you're going to be able to be there for the business later on as well. So, you know, really focusing on the trust that we have with each other, especially as the management team with the, the rest of the staff and really focusing on psychological safety. Does the team feel safe, feel safe to talk about things, bring up new ideas, challenge each other? Because if we have a whole bunch of people who are afraid of conflict, then we're never really going to move forward. So, you know, we clash sometimes and then sometimes we, we you know, break a, a dish and then we get the hot glue and we put it back together. And that's just life. Everything can be repaired. That's what I think. I have that same philosophy. In fact, I, I say bring it on. I'd rather know where everybody stood than, than try to guess and make up my assumptions. And people always know where I stand. I mean, maybe a little more than they want to know. But I'm, I'm a big believer in that honesty and transparency and really taking care of people because they work with you. They're your fam. I a call it I love that firmly. Well, <laughs> I mean, as leaders, we, we owe it <laughs> to our team to be the highest and best leaders that we can be, to show up and to be servant leaders and to help them grow and develop and to try to realize what they're fully capable of. I mean, that's that's what I'm about, at least. Yeah, 100%. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended, nor should it be relied upon as legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice. You should consult with a competent professional to discuss specifics of your situation and the applicability of the information presented.